Right now, we're going to chat with uh, Dr. Lisa Young, a professor of political science at the University of Calgary. Uh, Dr. Young, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time, as always. My pleasure. So we get the new cabinet sworn in in about an hour and a half, a couple hours away here. Um, Lots of change, lots of new portfolios, lots of old ones that have sort of disappeared quietly. But I guess there is a thread of continuity, too, especially when you take a look at the senior portfolios. Let's start there. I'm thinking of uh, people like uh, Jason Copping and, and Tyler Shandro and Adriana Lagrange, some of the bigger portfolios. People are staying in place that we're familiar with, right? Absolutely. When we look at all of the, as you call them, senior or central portfolios, the things that provincial governments really are focused on, uh, K-12 education, healthcare, advanced education, those are the big ticket items. And uh, finance, obviously, is central. And there we see absolutely no change from the Kenny cabinet. Um, let's go through a couple of the interesting ones and, and the challenges they may face. Um, copping. Certainly going to be in the spotlight, you would have to think, with all the talk surrounding AHS and healthcare in the province. Where does copping fit into that sort of what looks like is going to be a pretty nasty dispute going forward? Yeah, I think this is absolutely fascinating. You know, Copping came into health after there was a cabinet revolt uh, under the, the Kenny government. Shandro was moved out, Copping was moved in, and he really sort of settled the the portfolio in many ways. He proceeded with uh, significant uh, pandemic restrictions. Um, you know, he, he managed to sort of hold the system together through a period of crisis. Um, and so he, it's interesting to keep him in place. Um, I would imagine that after this time, he's got some level of comfort with the leadership of Alberta Health and the leadership of Alberta Health Services, so that he's willing to stay in place and presumably act on the Premier's demands that there be significant changes in leadership, both in the ministry and in Alberta Health Services, is interesting. So it'll be interesting to see whether he's trying to moderate uh, some of her directives or whether he is simply, you know, acting on orders. Uh, you know, so I think that in some ways is the most important sort of continuity. If anyone's going to be able to moderate the, the premier on the healthcare file, I, I think copying is probably best placed for it. The other file that I think is going to be fascinating to watch is Tyler Shandro, who finds himself in a really interesting position here. I mean, he's the guy who introduced the restrictions and the mandates. Now he's the guy that has to try and amend the Human Rights Code and put in some kind of framework so we never have restrictions or mandates again. He's he's working against himself, essentially. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a couple of things to say about this. I think the the first thing is... The Premier has taken the view that um, everything bad that happened during the pandemic, in her view, right, as an opponent of restrictions and vaccination mandates and so on, is to be laid at the feet of Alberta Health Services and the Chief Medical Officer of Health. And in our democratic system, in our parliamentary system, we have the principle of ministerial responsibility. So it doesn't matter who took the action, the minister is considered responsible. But both Shandro and Copping remain in her cabinet, and now Shandro is presumably, as you say, going to have to enact um, some legislation, steer it through the legislature, 
basically reversing decisions that he made or or criticizing them. And I have to say, I wonder why he agreed to do this. If you take a look at it, I think there's a lot of those questions, you know, and just in speaking people with people from the party over the past couple of days in terms of where people, I mean, Jason Nixon is gone, uh, but these ones were kept close. So I, I think that's part of it. Do you, we, we don't know. We don't know what kind of discussions were had, what conversations were had. Um, and I guess we just have to wait and see how this plays out. Like you say, are they in there to try and moderate? Are they in there to, to take orders? I mean, we don't know what the relationship is at this point, but they're certainly seen as Kenny loyalists, the, the enemy during the campaign. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the other thing that we need to keep in mind is that all of them have far more experience with governing now than the premier does. She has never been in cabinet. She's never had a cabinet portfolio. Here she is now as as premier. She's being pulled in one direction by the the people who got her elected as uh, to, to the leadership, but presumably is then going to be pulled in another direction by these very experienced ministers who probably want to moderate her um, with the 2023 election in mind. We were promised more rural representation, and we got that, right? I mean, we did see that come to fruition. Absolutely. Um, Considerably more rural uh, representation, not really at the expense of Calgary representation or urban representation in the way that we thought it might be, because the other thing about this cabinet is that it's really quite large. Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second, because we've seen I heard, you know, if you count junior ministers, we're we're pushing almost 40 different ministries, right? I mean, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. And there's a lot of, there's a lack of clarity in sort of where some of the portfolios end and others begin. You know, there are so many that are concerned with employment, with jobs, with uh, these sorts of things, but we don't have a a labor ministry anymore. So I think there's going to be a lot of confusion within government as they try to reorganize to uh, support this new and enlarged cabinet. Um, What about the gender gap? I know a lot of people making a lot of noise about the fact that, you know, less than a fifth of the group are women, just four of 26 of the numbers, right? I mean, is there a political risk to that or is that just, I mean, does that matter? I think it probably does. Um, I I think that, um, you know, if we think again about the 2023 election, one of the many challenges the UCP faces is that it doesn't poll particularly well with women. It does better with men than it does with women. And, you know, you can imagine a strategy for the UCP to try to win back some of those uh, women who uh, supporters. But with just such an incredibly male face to the cabinet, it really does, it's going to make it difficult even to find, uh, you know, spokespeople for the party uh, in in senior positions. Um, So it really does stand out as as being, you know, quite out of line, even with what the Kenny government did, and Mm -hmm. certainly with what we see in cabinets elsewhere in the country. Uh, Last one, and then I'll let you go, and I appreciate your time, as always, chatting with Dr. Lisa Young of uh, University of Calgary. Um, A lot, we we know that she had to extend an olive branch, and she had to bring, as we mentioned earlier, some of those 
Kenny loyalists or the people that were seen as Kenny loyalists, some of the people with the key portfolios into the fold. And she did. The only uh, leadership competitor that didn't get a spot was uh, Leela here. So um, what do you sense the dynamic being? Is that enough? Um, can they work together? Will this put the division aside? Well, I think, you know, she certainly extended a significant olive branch. She didn't just um, keep them in cabinet. She kept them in, in portfolios that I think uh, most of them wanted or, or w- would see as appropriate. I think the tension here is going to be whether the cabinet can hold together, whether the caucus can hold together. Um, there has to be some discomfort with some of the statements that, that she's making. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the premier have to apologize about her, her stance on the Russia Ukraine war. Um, some of her statements about the unvaccinated. How long will these other leadership can, uh, candidates from, from uh, a few months ago be willing to stay in her cabinet if the policies that she's putting forward are consistent with what Smith was talking about in the campaign, or is she going to moderate significantly? I think that's really the critical question here. Yeah, and it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to watch in the coming months. Dr. Young, thank you so much for your time. As always, appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.